0: Hey, welcome to the Life with Lauren podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Arrow, and I'm here to talk all things beauty, wellness, and real life. No topic is off limits. We're going to cover it all. I'm so happy you're here with me. Thank you for listening. Today's guest is my girlfriend, Lauren. She is the owner of a local med spa in Nashville called Sunday Skin. Today, we just deep dive into the med spa industry. We talk about complications from procedures Lip filler, under eye filler, Botox versus Dysport. There's a new nine-month Botox replacement that just came out. The most rewarding med spa treatment, stretch marks, and more. So let's get into it. I am here today with one of my friends, Lauren. Actually, you know what's really funny? I don't know what your last name is. I have used Lauren Grandy,
1: and I don't even know where that came from. That's my Instagram handle. It's Lauren Grandin. Grandin. Yeah. Or I think it's just Grandin now, but, okay, my married name is Grandinetti. Okay, yes. But a lot of people knew me before as Novacek because that was my maiden name, and that was, like, that was what I had on everything when, like, Sunday Skin started. So that's okay. Some people are like Lauren Grand. Like, they think that's my last name. And then my husband goes by Grandy, so it's confusing. But It's,
0: It's so confusing, and I feel like when your friends get married, I feel like I don't know most of my closest friends last name oh, no. anymore like uh-huh. I just I can't keep up and your first last name was so it's say it again
1: it's Novacek it's very ethnic Polish background so the spelling that is was wild a, people can't say it or spell it so and I thought I was doing better by going to Grandinetti but people still think it's long and <laughs> Italian so but it is what it is you can call me Lauren or Lauren G whatever is easier I'm very grateful for my last name. Yeah. <laughs> Arrow. Oh.
0: Although people still mess it yeah. up. Okay. So Lauren is a, one of my friends, but she's, I'm excited to have her on today because she owns a med spa here in Nashville. And we just have so much to talk about. You had the craziest two years of your life because yes. you opened your med spa. You got married, you hired staff, you had a baby, you moved, you moved offices, you got a new car, like (laughs) your husband got a new job. You did all the things. Don't they say you're only supposed to do one major life thing a year (laughs) and you did like 20? I was
1: going to say like the top five major life stressors, I think we did like three or four of them all (laughs) within a two-year period. It's been a wild ride. I will (laughs) say that.
0: I feel like we're the same person though. Like, we have so much in common. And so we have the same birthday. Yeah, we yeah. have the same birthday, except I'm older than you. How old are you?
1: 20 something? I'm going to be 30 this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. 30 is fun. That I'm 30. really excited. I feel like 30s is going to be the best decade of my life. I'm so ready to be done with my 20s.
0: I was too. Yeah.
1: I didn't love my 20s. The end of my 20s were much
0: better than, like, my early 20s.
1: See, there's so many growing pains in your 20s, and you just are you're just figuring out who you are and what you want to do. And and so 30, I just feel very sure of myself and what I'm doing and what is a priority to me, like who my friends are. I feel just like really, really sure. And mm-hmm. so I like think going into 30s, I'm just going to kind of keep building on what I know about myself and That's why I'm really excited for the 30s is going to be my best decade, I think.
0: (laughs) It is the best. Yeah. Now that I'm halfway through. There you go. (laughs) I could see you can give me advice. So we met on Instagram, like how I meet all my friends nowadays.
1: But we met because of Sunday Skin. Yeah. Because you just
0: opened. Was that in
1: 2021? We actually opened in 2020. So we opened in like end of October. I think it was like beginning of November 2020. So, like, very much in the middle of COVID. (laughs) Yeah. We opened and it was just me, myself, and I in one little room. And I was just super hungry to get it off the ground, even with everything that was going on in the world. So, I started reaching out to like local influencers, but that people like I followed and I felt like they really represented the brand well, you know, or they vibed essentially with Sunday skin. So, that's how I found you. And I was like, oh, this girl's cool like I think (laughs) I would be friends with her so let me see if she wants to come in (laughs) and then I feel like because
0: I did forma but you have to come every week for six weeks Mm -hmm. right yeah it was was a lot but it was like we just bonded over that
1: well it's a long treatment and yeah it's a time commitment for six weeks so we just I end up talking like so much with my patients when we were doing that treatment and so you just really get to know somebody I think yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) <laughs> we fell in love. I know. <laughs> here we are. And here we are
0: years later. But so Forma, can we talk about Forma? Because yes, So yes. you stopped doing it because, I, I mean, the results were very subtle mm-hmm. and it was a pricey treatment. So Forma for me, I did it on my double chin and it's supposed to like tighten and kill some of the fat, right? Yes. And it's a really comfortable treatment. It was like just warm massage on that area. Yeah. But it was a very... It was time heavy.
1: So, it's a radio frequency based treatment. So, that sort of tissue remodeling that you're getting or that tightening of the skin, potentially, depending on how much radio frequency you're getting, you can get some remodeling of the subdermal layers. It is supposed to like help tighten, but it is, like you said, it's a very subtle treatment. It's one that requires a lot of maintenance. So, you do your initial sessions and then realistically, you need to come back relatively frequently to kind of keep up those results for us at sunday skin specifically i found that it was just a really laborious treatment so my nurse practitioners would be doing this for like an hour mm-hmm. or an hour and a half and yeah so it just it wasn't super i i pick treatments at sunday skin and i have a really strict criteria about how we bring treatments on So the treatment has to be really effective. It has to have, you know, evidence and science behind it. The cost of the treatment has to match. It has to be worth my patient's time and money in terms of results for what I would charge for it. And then it just has to make sense like on the business end too. And then I also take into account downtime. The benefit of Forma is that it's really comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. The patient's super comfortable throughout the entire treatment, which a lot of other treatments, you know, you kind of have to deal with a little bit of. It's not pain-free. Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus. Yes. <laughs> we could talk we could talk about Morpheus because we still offer Morpheus and I'm still a big believer in it. But for us at Sunny Skin, keeping form on just didn't make sense for our brand and like where we were going. Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
0: Well, I really respect you for letting that service go mm-hmm. because I've seen med spas where they just continue to have these treatments because they paid for it. So they're gonna yeah. get their money out of it and just continue to rip off their patients when they know that it doesn't work that well. And it's mens mental industry. It's <laughs> it's, oh it, it's a wild world.
1: It really is. You can talk so much about that. It's a really interesting industry to be in. One, because it's really popular right now. Tons of people are trying to get into it, which I get because on the outside, it looks super glamorous. It looks really fun. Who doesn't want to be doing Botox? But the the flip side of that is that it's kind of still an infant sort of industry we're growing and we have we're doing tons of research and things like that but it's still heavily unregulated so depending on the state that you're in you know pretty much anyone who's anyone can open up a med spa and start offering botox and there's just a lot of ways around making sure that they have the right background to be able to offer these treatments and there's the treatments are so sought after that everyone is trying to make a quick buck basically, and it and it can be harmful to the patient because the marketing or the, you know they just don't know what to look for in what is like a reputable place, yeah. um, who have providers that have proper training and the right certifications and you know the correct legal background and things like that so yeah we can we can talk more about that <laughs> yeah
0: i definitely i just learned that estheticians are doing botox and filler in some states oh, i'm completely mortified so i think later in this we'll talk about how to pick a med spa because yeah. obviously not all of you live in nashville mm-hmm. but it, i don't think it's that hard but you do have to be comfortable asking questions and i think a lot of people are just looking for the best deal And sometimes the cheapest, actually most
1: times, Mm -hmm. the cheapest isn't the best. Yeah, you're right. It's don't always look for like a Groupon or the best deal. And yeah, just be comfortable asking just one or two questions even that can help you kind of distinguish what is a reputable place versus not. Mm -hmm. And then the whole like if they charge you the consultation
0: fee, (laughs) avoid them because that's so outdated.
1: Yeah, I think... As a business owner, I understand that piece. At Sunday Skin, we still offer free consultations because at the end of the day, what matters to me above making money and profitability is my patient's experience. Mm -hmm. And at Sunday Skin, we have three core pillars, approachability, affordability, and accessibility. And that approachability piece really drives the patient experience. And I never want my patients to come in and feel pressure that they have to buy something or that they've already spent money so they have to do a treatment. I want them to come in just with all their questions and really get to know our providers, get to know our space, find out if we are the right fit for them. I think finding a good med spa is kind of like finding a good therapist. You have to like vibe with the people and they have you have to feel like they care about you. Otherwise, you'll just end up finding yourself being sold a lot of different things that maybe isn't what you need or what is best for you and your skin yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yes I totally agree I just I mean same thing with like recommending products on Instagram I feel like yeah I mean maybe it's not the same at all (laughs) but when you see like fashion bloggers that know nothing about skincare recommending products to people and people just buying them because they trust that person and it's not necessarily like their skin type it goes back to like the
1: authenticity piece of it right is that influencer or blogger being authentic because they truly like those products or did do they actually use them like have they used them for the last four to six weeks because really that's how long it takes to decide if a product is working for you in your Mm -hmm. skin or did they get sent some free product that they're like oh this looks pretty good and i think i can sell this easily to my people right Right.
0: or oh i'm getting paid a lot of money Money. to talk Mm -hmm. about this product and they never even try it I remember there was this one there was like it was drama in the industry because this influencer photoshopped the products into oh. oh my gosh. Like she never even had the products that she was talking about and it was so obviously photoshopped and it was and it was like a pretty legit major brand. But like some brands make influencers buy the product mm-hmm. before it the post instead of sending you product, which I think is BS. The brand should send you product if they want you to post about it. Definitely. But (laughs) maybe she lost it or
1: something. Oh, my goodness. But yeah,
0: it's a wild... I mean, you've worked with lots of different types of influencers, too. I'm sure you have plenty of things to say about my industry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think we can both say a lot of things. I think people could say a lot of things about people who work in the aesthetics industry. I mean, I... Yeah, I just went to a conference over the weekend and I was like, oh, there's some interesting (laughs) people in this industry for sure. And that is really why I definitely am behind finding a place that you feel comfortable at because, you know, that was really what drove me to open Sunday Skin was I had been to a handful of different med spas in the Nashville area. And it just it wasn't that they weren't welcoming or that, you know, maybe I'd I had an okay experience, but I just didn't feel that click. I didn't feel at home or I just, I didn't feel like it was the place for me. And so that's kind of really how Sunday Skin came to be, honestly. But, and I think everybody is looking for or needs something different, right? So we might not be the place for everyone. You mm. you might like a more higher end, like plastic surgery office vibe, right? Or you might really, are like, I just want to be in and out and I want to use my Groupon. That might be the place for you. <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> Maybe you don't care if one of your eyebrows is lopsided. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not the goal. It's not the results that we try to put <laughs> out into the community, but, you know, everyone, there's something for everyone. <laughs> Have you ever
0: had something like that happen to any of your patients? What do you do if that happens or come
1: to you because it happens somewhere else all the time. So, I mean all the time that something happens somewhere else. I will I will say this, no injector is perfect, no matter how long they have been injecting, no matter how many trainings they take, patient complications are always going to be something that you deal with especially if you're seeing a high volume of patients. So, I definitely have been to trainings with some really, really incredible injectors. And they're like, if you haven't had a complication, you are not injecting enough. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that patients understand that, that at the end of the day, everyone's anatomy is different. We are not robots. We fine tune every treatment to the patient. And so you know, it's going to happen less than 1% of the time, but there's always going to be a case where, you know, you have what we consider not an optimal outcome. And that there's a range of things, right? Like it can be something where your brows are a little uneven. And guess what? That happens. I have a stronger eyebrow. I do too. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> almost everyone does. Everyone's Our face... brows are sisters. Yeah, yeah, they They're, really not They're not twins. They're not twins. Your entire face is asymmetrical. We, we cannot, through treatments and injectables, make you symmetrical. And we don't want to. Like, that's what makes you who you are. But we can make it a tiny bit more symmetrical or we can lift a brow that maybe is a little bit lower, right? But so, you know, we do tons of follow-up at Sunday Skin, which I'm really proud of, to make sure that you are happy the re- with the results or to give my providers an opportunity to correct something that maybe isn't the most optimal results. And so as a patient, you know, you should understand that, especially if this is your first or second time going to a place, give them wherever you're going the opportunity to, you know, address the issue and make it right. And I think that that is really helpful and patients feel really good about that and taken care of. And so it's not as big of an issue. We definitely get lots of patients from other practices who either have poor lip filler filler migration is a huge issue right now overfilled lips we end up dissolving lips at least once a week it seems like from other places before we reinject mm-hmm. because we don't want to add to the problem right and so and that's a tough conversation to have with patients right because they <laughs> came in and they want lip filler right. <laughs> we do say like girl there this is a problem right. like your filler is not in your lips anymore it is sitting above or below And it is not going away. I will say the number one thing that makes me so upset. And this has happened to patients of mine. So they come in, they're like, I want to get my lips done. And I say, We're not doing your lips today. We have to dissolve. You have migration. Okay. Now, since I didn't do their lip filler, we do charge them to dissolve because the enzyme that we use to dissolve, it's expensive. And we always And it's your
0: time. It
1: is my time too, right? so, by
0: the way, you guys, the stuff they use to dissolve filler hurts so bad. It's so painful. It's spicy. It is. (laughs) But it's fast.
1: It is fast. We put lidocaine in it, but there's no way around, like, the little burning, stinging feeling. But it's very short-lived. It goes away. The swelling from it goes down really quickly. But what I do tell my patients is, like, listen, I'll dissolve them today for you. No problem at all. And I'll have you back in three weeks. We'll refill your lips. They will look amazing. Or go back to the place that originally injected them and ask them to dissolve. Because if it were my patient and I had filled their lips and they have migration, which by the way, is not always on the injector. Sometimes it just happens. It it happens over time. It really does. But the bigger problem I'm seeing is that the patients will go back. They'll ask to get their lips dissolved and the practice will instead be like, Let's just put a little bit more filler in them to correct it. Uh, And I have to literally tell the patient, I'm like, do not let them put any more filler in. It's not going to make it any better. And once the filler has migrated, like, outside of the lip tissue, like, your body's not going to break it down. That's another thing that places will tell them is, like, just wait a little bit. It'll go away eventually. It's not going to. It's sitting there. Your body's not going to be able to break it down. We have to get rid of it through a dissolving agent. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought
0: filler, it's
1: like hyaluronic acid based. So it just kind of goes away over time. It does to an extent. Mm. What we are finding is if it's not in the right tissue space, that your body has a hard time getting rid of it, all of it completely. But also too, there's a really great study out there. I can find the link for you, but they basically did MRIs on, I think it was like 14 or 16 patients. And they're finding that um, hyaluronic acid-based filler, which before we thought only lasts maybe six to nine months or one to two years. It's lasting anywhere from two to 12 years. <laughs> so the fillers... You're getting that, your money. Yeah, <laughs> the fillers are lasting much longer than we originally were told or anticipated. And so truly it's beneficial to the patient. I would say if you've been getting your lips done like for the past three years, that even if you don't feel like you have migration, you probably have some residual filler left in there. It's just good to go ahead and dissolve everything and start from scratch so that you have a clear um, picture of what your true lip anatomy looks like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I also, I feel like lip trends have changed from when I first started yeah. filler to now. Like, remember that thing where they would use the string and give you the pillow whatever. I that. think that's
1: still kind of a thing. Russian lips used to be, oh my gosh, I just saw this thing online. I hope nobody's doing this. I'm trying to remember what was like the new, oh, it's like flower lips. Have oh my you, God, I saw flower petals. I was like, please, no, no, please, no. <laughs> please don't do that to your lips. Respect your natural lip. I know that the trend right now is everybody wants like Kylie Jenner lips, but most people's lips cannot support that kind of Volume enhancement. You have can can't. No, has so
0: much migration. No. If you see Definitely. a profile view of Kylie, which by the way, migration is basically when the filler moves and then yes. it fills in the area. So you'll see it a lot. Like when you think of someone with overdone lips, it's usually just migration that has moved to like the mustache area. Yeah, and it just looks really puffy. Kylie Jenner is like the queen of filler migration.
1: If you think of duck lips, they're, yeah. that is realistically filler migration. Yeah. Um, when your
0: husband's like, I don't want you getting filler, that's, that's what, what he's was thinking was. of. Show him a picture of me. Be like, Lauren's had lip filler for
1: over 10 years now. Yeah. I just got mine done. Yours look great. Thank- you. Oh, I'm the so way. excited. Caroline did such a great job. And I've had tons of patients that are like, "They look so good." And they I'm look like, really "Yeah. Good. When you when it's done, well, and naturally your lips will look amazing and they mm-hmm. and if you go to a well-trained injector, your face will support the lip mm-hmm. with no matter how much sort of volume enhancement you decide to give them." Yeah. Um, I can't do that much because no. my lips
0: just they, they can't take it. It doesn't look right on me. And some people can Like I have friends that have like two full things of lip filler in their lips. And like I probably
1: have three quarters of one. And that's normal. I would say that most of my patients start with a half a syringe. So 0.5. And then they decide from there if they want a little bit more. And then we have the conversation of, okay, how much more can your face, your natural lips support? So most patients have like average 0.75 of a syringe in their lips and that's really normal and I think we need to talk about that more that it's very normal even if you're going to get lip filler if the injector is trained well they they're not shoving an entire syringe in your lips typically especially on the first treatment essentially so do you save their syringe or how do you do syringes Yes. So we do a mini or a full lit fill. So it's either a half syringe or a full syringe. If I do any more than a half, you're still charged for the full syringe because it's not also based on the syringe. And I really hope people understand that. It's based on the product that we use. It's based on the provider's time, how much training they've had, the room. So there's a lot that goes into it. If we do less than, like say, the full syringe, no, we do not save them because the manufacturer's recommendations are that you do not save syringes, even if they're put away in a fridge, even if whatever, the minute you inject that syringe into somebody's lips, you are introducing bacteria into that gel, okay, into that hyaluronic acid filler. And so if I inject your lips, but I still have 0.3 of that syringe left and I shove it in my fridge and you come back in six weeks, I can't guarantee that that bacteria is not grown, Mm, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: so now it's not clean. It's not the risk of infection is much higher. And the manufacturers themselves do not recommend saving syringes at all. So what we do is we'll do a half a syringe. If you get a mini, we'll do whatever is uh, appropriate for your lip shape. If we do a full. and, And oftentimes it's almost the whole syringe. It just depends. So I don't want patients to feel like they're getting shorted. They're not, right? I'm doing what's right for your face. I'm doing what I'm using, all of the training that I've invested in myself to make sure that you have a really beautiful outcome. And then I always tell them, if you want to add more, we can, but we'll reassess in like four to six weeks and see if that's appropriate.
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's so important to give it time yeah, because your lips settle. First, they're going to swell and then they're going to still be bigger. And then, yeah, prop- like if you're if you're getting married, please don't do your lips less than three months before the wedding.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Your Botox will look its best at six weeks out, but you should do it one other time before that to make sure you get your right dosing, to make sure you like how it looks. Mm. And then your injector will know exactly how much to use six weeks before your wedding. If you're doing filler, we say at least a month ideally four to six weeks before a big event, because that's when the filler really integrates with the tissue and looks looks its absolute best. So swelling, bruising, that'll all go down by two weeks. But I would always say my filler looks its best at that four to six week mark.
0: Yeah, I agree. And also, you're like, I've been wanting lip filler forever and now I'm getting married. Get it sooner rather than later. Great. Like even a month before, like just no and or go to that med spa before and make sure
1: that you like their work yes
0: yeah it's
1: if you're getting married realistically you should start planning your skin aesthetic injectable treatments truly like six months out Mm -hmm. because then you can make a really solid plan with your provider that's customized to you and it gives your skin time to like acclimate and figure out what it likes and see what you like same thing too uh we have patients who will want to book even just like a hydro facial or dermaplaning like a week before their wedding but they've never done it before and we're like no you have to make sure like you don't react to this right or that the dermaplaning it doesn't irritate the skin or something like that so even those more gentle treatments i would go Two three months before your wedding, try it out. See how your skin handles it, and then you'll know. Okay, the week before, I'll be glowy or something.
0: I- yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I have a whole blog post about what I wish I did differently before my wedding, oh, and. Me too. i mean we all have our regrets yes but for me it was like i would have found a self-tan professional and like gotten a custom spray tan my nail place i would have like really picked my nails before i was getting my nails redone the day of the wedding oh my gosh this is why i wear glue on if you listen to my episode about glue on i get so bad like the the worst nail anxiety but they were really bad okay so I want to talk about how you got into the industry because you yeah. are a nurse practitioner yes. and you to work at the hospital. Yes. I'll never I'll forget it. that story you told me about. So I'm from California. I feel like we're just a little bit more health conscious over there. Sure. But you were telling me about one of your patients. You're like, you really have to stay hydrated. And they're like, <laughs> no problem. And they grab a soda.
1: I, that was like a, uh, so, okay, so I'm originally from Chicago, um but I've been in Nashville for about eight years now. So I, I'm not a native, but I'm married to a native and I consider Nashville my home for sure. This is where I feel most at home. But um, so yeah, I, I got my BSN or my bachelor's in nursing in Illinois and I was working at a hospital downtown there, decided to move to Nashville, Vanderbilt, the big hospital system here in Nashville was offering incentives for nurses to come down here. So I did. And I worked in the Vanderbilt adult ER for about six years. And it was a wild ride. Vanderbilt is a level one trauma center. They have a hundred treatment areas, So very busy, very fast paced ER setting. But I learned a lot. I met some of my best friends there. It was a really fun time in my life. But after I met my husband, I was trying to figure out, well, he wasn't my husband at the time, but we were dating. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do like long term, you know, like what in my career could I see myself doing for 20 years? And I knew it wasn't the ER. I also knew I wanted a family, so I wanted a little bit more work-life balance. How's that going? (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, I didn't know I was going to be opening a business at the time, (laughs) but so I had always had an interest in skin and dermatology because I spent pretty much my entire adolescence in a dermatology office. I had the most horrific cystic acne in high school, just the kind that you, you can't see past somebody's face. Because it's just so inflamed and severe. Mm-hmm. So, I spent two years with a dermatologist trying every topical oral prescription. I did extractions, chemical peels. I mean, you name it, I did it for two plus years. Fair. And then finally, because I was young at the time, my dermatologist really wanted to make sure we had tried everything else before she put me on cutane. Mm-hmm. So I went on Accutane when I was about 15, and it was truly like a miracle drug for me. Yeah. I remember going into my junior year of high school, and my skin had cleared up, and it was just life-changing for my confidence. It's so true. It and really is.
0: It's funny because people in the aesthetics industry, I'm telling you, probably like 80% of us have horrible skin stories like this.
1: I think because I just think it makes you empathize and really understand what your are patients or clients are going through you know every acne patient I treat no matter if they've had acne before or this is a new occurrence I treat a lot of adult women's acne now and these are women that have never had acne before and all of a sudden in their late 20s 30s they're dealing with acne and they are just they're besides themselves because they are like I've never dealt with this before and it really takes a hit to your just like life And your self-confidence. And so I really empathize with them. And even now, I mean, I still deal with breakouts here and there. I just had a baby. My body just went (laughs) through large hormonal shifts, you know. Your skin looks great right now. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I'm like, oh, we're 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 over the hill on this one. But (laughs) we were um, so I went to Thanksgiving
0: at your house and I apparently got pregnant that week and so i was having the worst breakout i've ever had and then like you were having a breakout too we're standing there
1: like (laughs) just talking about our skin and like look at us now (laughs) i know clear and glowy and so anyways i ended up doing accutane and had great results from it i didn't have a ton of side effects other than all the dry skin and my hair was really dry, but I really liked that because I didn't have to wash it as much. I <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, can I go back to that? And then I did have to do Accutane a second time about five years later when I was in college, which is pretty normal. But my acne was nowhere near severe at that point. So anyways, that's kind of my journey with acne. And then I was finishing in the ER. I went back to school, got my family nurse practitioner degree, and really tried to get into the dermatology space because I wanted to... Ch- I love all things derm. I love medical derm. I think it's so fascinating. And that was how I really got more introduced into aesthetics and saw how fun it was. I really, it's a good transition for me because it's very procedural based. So lots of treatments. I'm on my feet a lot. I'm interacting with patients, but they're just a lot happier to see me. You know, they care about their themselves and they invest in, you know, looking and feeling really good about themselves. They typically care about their health. Mm-hmm. So a really stark contrast to the ER, but a really, really good one. And so that's kind of how I got into it and ended up opening Sunday Skin because I just saw a need in the national market for an approachable medical spa or we call ourselves an aesthetics clinic because all of my providers are nurse practitioners. So we just provide a really approachable space for truly like the everyday person. They just want to feel good about themselves and you don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to dress up or put a full face of makeup on to come and see us. Um, You can just kind of come as you are. And we offer a no judgment sort of an educational approach to aesthetics and skin health. And that's worked really well for our patient base. Mm -hmm. I agree with what you said about it's so like working
0: in a spa or even just like the day spa that I worked at. People come and they're happy and they Mm -hmm. leave and they're so excited. And and it's like whatever they're working on, it's such a positive vibe in these places. But I also agree that the Nashville med spa market, some of them are so bougie and yeah. their prices are outrageous. And you go in and you just feel like I'm not dressed up enough or I don't belong here. I'm yeah. not rich enough to be mm-hmm. here. Like
1: I don't crazy. look a certain way or, you know, I, I found, cause that we get a lot of patients that are like, I've been here, here and the places look so beautiful, right? They're like aesthetically pleasing and it's fun to take an Instagram picture there. But then ultimately the patient experience falls flat or what they have envisioned or created in a market, you know, for marketing or what the patient expects. It just isn't there because these are high volume clinics that are kind of just like turning patients in and out. And, and, and for some people, that's what they are looking for, right? They want this we have a really cute space, I think, you know, yeah. like it's really cute. It's yeah, we've done a great job, but it maybe isn't to the level of sort of, like I said, that Instagram aesthetic that people are looking for. Yeah. And so they go to the other places, but ultimately they're left either feeling like their pocketbook was super hit <laughs> or they're <laughs> just disappointed in the results and how they were treated.
0: Yes. The the way that they're treated, I think. Is, yeah. So I went to when I first moved here. Cause I started my blog in San Diego and I had like my core group of med spas and spas that I went to and recommended to. So I was trying to establish that in Nashville Yeah, and I went to this one and I, I like made it very clear. I wanted to potentially work together. They, they treated me like I was just a regular patient. So I got to see how they treat patients, which to me is really important because Mm -hmm. if I'm referring my audience somewhere I want to make sure they're going to be really taken care of definitely and they sat me in a room with a piece of paper with a face on it and they were like mark all of your problem areas and I was like okay they left me in this room for 30 minutes like the longest it was such bullshit I was so pissed and I thought I was like waiting for the boss to come in and talk Mm -hmm. to me and then the receptionist comes in and sits me down and she was like okay then she took the paper and left and then, like fifteen minutes later, came back and she's like, "This is your treatment plan. This is how much it will cost." And I'm just like, "Wow, no, I am even not looked at my you. face." And it was yeah. so expensive for what they wanted to do to me, and mm-hmm. it, it made me feel so gross. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they were—they're one of like the top med spas, and and I'm doing the air sign like quotation <laughs> mark because it's such bullshit.
1: <laughs> and maybe for some people that you know, that fits their vibe. I can say we have a bunch of things in place at Sunday Skin to have the exact opposite of experiencing (laughs) that. So our providers are limited on how many patients they see a day so that they are, it was really important to me that myself included, I did not feel rushed through appointments with any of my patients. I wanted to sit down. I wanted to ask about their kids or, you know, their dog or what vacations they were going on. I wanted to address any questions that they have because often, you know, even my regular patients, they'll come in for Botox and they'll be like, okay, I have questions about microneedling or I, th- I think I want to do Morpheus or whatnot. And so we end up doing like a mini consultation. I wanted to leave time for those questions and not feel like I was running in and out of the room. And I didn't want them to feel like I was rushing through their appointment because truly, Every single patient matters to me mm-hmm. and every patient experience. And if I hear about a patient who had maybe a sub-optimal experience at Sunday Skin, I typically am the one that, like, personally reaches out to them to see if we can find out what happened, fix any, you know, so that that doesn't happen in the future, and then hopefully, you know, sort of rectify the situation too, so. You really do care. I remember
0: that one time someone left a bad review because they were late to their yes. appointment yes and like 45 minutes later oh yeah it was like it was horrible mm-hmm. like you don't you get trump late to your doctor's appointment why would you show up late to this and then she got mad at you guys and this wrote a horrible review and you contacted her and you were distraught oh yeah like, you were so bothered because you were like i would never like i i don't ever want to make anybody feel bad and i'm like you didn't do anything mm-hmm. here
1: yeah i think she was so we obviously leave like if you're okay, running 15 minutes late. We totally get that, right? Traffic in Nashville is crazy. We're like, listen, drive safe. We will make it work. Again, because I don't pack the schedule so tightly that if a patient runs five or 10 minutes behind, it's going to throw the entire day because everyone's time is important. Like if you show up on time to your appointment, I also expect my providers to be in that room within 5 or 10 minutes. Like, we do not run behind on schedule typically at Sunday Skin. Or if we are, it's only 5 or 10 minutes. You're never sitting there for 30 minutes waiting. But yeah, that girl, she was like 45 minutes late. She got stuck in traffic. And I think my front desk girl, per our protocol, like, charged her the... Oh, because then I think she just said she's, like, not coming. And so charged her the, like, no show fee. And she which is like $50. We don't charge it on the front end. And she just like lost her mind and wrote this <laughs> terrible review. I ended up calling her myself personally and talking through the whole situation. She ended up apologizing and oh, taking the review down. Okay. But yeah, yeah was, I was to say, I, I mean. But this is like the owner,
0: super busy owner of a med spa that takes your time <laughs> to call because she gives a shit. And I'll tell you, like, Med spa prices don't range that much. When I yeah. worked at a med spa and I was doing sales, like we were like the jiffy lube of laser hair removal and Botox. Like if you had, if you were lasering your underarms, you had a 15 minute time slot. <laughs> That's not enough time for a nurse to give two shits about you. They don't have time to chart after you're gone. They don't have time to do your good faith exam before the treatment mm-hmm. to like get to know you. So we were always... So it was, our schedule was like frantic mm-hmm. but they were so focused on the numbers and on selling and just yeah. but the, the funny thing is our prices weren't cheap so people are paying the same amount for bat treatment or you could go to somewhere that actually cares like you and get a really great treatment yeah
1: and i want to distinguish too like so affordability is a core pillar of ours but we're definitely not the cheapest yeah. in the market we sit right in the middle i would say or maybe slightly under depending on what service you're talking about but we do offer other things like memberships and some of the rewards programs and we just make sure that that every dollar that the patient is spending that they're getting everything out of it they're getting an amazing experience they're getting a really good result and then if we can help them save a little bit of money here or there or just spread out the cost of their treatments with like a membership then we help them do that Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that you're going to spend money in aesthetics. You might as well find a place that you really love and you feel like you're cared for. And if you, you know, have a complaint or you have an issue, that they are super responsive to you bringing that to their attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the problem
0: finding a med spa is how do you know how they're going to treat you yeah. up front? Like it's kind of just a shot in the dark until you, I mean, what I would personally do if I was looking for a med spa and you can tell me if you would change anything, okay. but I would get on my phone, get on Instagram and just type in Nashville Med Spa in the search bar and see what their before and afters look like. I would see they don't have to have the prettiest page, although your page is gorgeous. Thank you. Like, I should hire you to do my job.
1: <laughs> my marketing
0: girl Lena, is phenomenal. Great. <laughs> you were great before. before when she- it was just you. You were great. But they don't have to have the prettiest page because maybe their owner is like me and she's not the most creative person, but she can make, she's really, really talented. And then when you call and make your appointment, ask them questions like ask about the training, ask what the nurse, who's going to be doing your treatment. You want to go in for a consult and see what that nurse looks like. If she has these big, crazy lips and cheeks and you're going for the more natural look, then maybe that's not the place for you. So, it's kind of where i start. And then I do like to look at Yelp and Google, but I always say like those reviews can be bought, whether you're incentivizing people with discounts or if you write a review, like I didn't you send an email blast out to your, and you were like, hey guys, please write a review if you can. And like, you didn't even give them an incentive and you got so many positive reviews. We did. Like we did. That, that to me speaks volumes.
1: We, so I love your list. The only other thing I would add, and I think this is super important, is if you have a family member or a friend who has been to a place that they really like, I think referrals that way is the best way to find someone. So like Mm. if your girlfriend was like, I go to this med spa and I had a great experience, then I would try that one out because you have like a firsthand person that will tell you about their experience. Yeah, we don't buy Google reviews or anything, but our patients are just super kind in that they they do leave kind words on there. I will say too, we have a strict no tipping policy. Mm -hmm. And so- I hate it. Patients, I, when I first opened, they would try and give me cash. And I'm like, I am a medical provider. Like, I'm a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I cannot accept a tip. Like, that's, like, number one in the hospital. Like, you don't take payment from patients. If they give you, like, cupcakes or something or, like, you know, they, yeah, you can accept a cupcake but or, you know, like, a small gift or something like that. But you – it's really – really frowned upon and i think even illegal in some states to accept tipping. So after i had that experience a couple of times, i just started to tell patients i was like, i don't accept tips, but the best tip you can give me is to either tell your family and friends about me or leave me a good Google review. And so they just kind of like took that up and it helped us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and Which- they feel good about it cuz they're like, oh my, I'm I'm giving something back to her, even though they don't have to at all. And I feel good about it because then I don't feel weird that, like, I've never accepted, like, a cash tip anyways. But, yeah, so it kind of negates that whole exchange. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God, the tipping thing. This Okay, can we just talk about the difference of an esthetician versus a nurse? Because, yes, I mean, the fact that you spent six years working in an ER, that speaks So much more than an esthetician that just like touches the external skin layer. Like they're not allowed to go
1: in, right? Yeah. So it's very state by state, but estheticians tend to do like I think it's like a six month or maybe a year long program, and their focus is yes, very much on like the layer of the skin and how to treat it. And if you find a good esthetician, they are a wealth of knowledge and how to treat the skin and you know, what products are good for what things. And, you know, they can do brows and lashes and chemical peels and all kinds of different treatments. But they're not a medical, like they're not a healthcare worker, right? Mm -hmm. Nurses go, most of them nowadays have at least a four-year bachelor's degree in nursing. I'm a nurse practitioner. So I went back to school, got my master's. That was another two-year degree on top of that. And then they get you know, on the job training in whatever field that they're in. So there's a huge differentiator. In most states, you have to be at least an RN or more. So RN, nurse practitioner, PA, physician assistant, doctor, all of those people fall in that category to inject. So to deliver Botox or Dysport or Xiamen into the muscle, right? Or to do filler. And truthfully, that's really important because what people don't understand is there is a huge need for knowledge behind those injections because you have to understand the layers of the face, how the bone and the muscle changes. You have to know all of the vasculature of the face. So it's really important that if you're thinking about Botox or filler, you're going to somebody who is trained and and not just a weekend course, but somebody who prioritizes training and has some sort of degree in medicine or in nursing and not just an esthetician. And not that they're just estheticians. I love estheticians. We love estheticians. estheticians. I just hired one. We're so excited to have her on. But she has her role in the clinic that she's going to be really good at. Mm -hmm. And I have my role in the clinic that I'm really good at. So, yeah, that's so that's
0: something to ask when you're calling around, because apparently now. They're allowing estheticians to do Botox and filler, and it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I love estheticians, but I mean, even all my esthetician friends are like, "No, this is horrible that this is allowed to happen." Because they, a, a legitimate esthetician, will acknowledge that they are not trained in that area. Okay, let's move on and yeah. talk about. Uh,
1: we're di- we're diverting ourselves <laughs> a lot, but that's okay. So, what's like if you had to pick
0: one treatment, like what's the most rewarding treatment? for your patient,
1: this is so hard but botox
0: no actually i would
1: say filler is the most rewarding so botox is the number one treatment that i do because that's typically what patients want to start with they're like i'm thinking about botox maybe a little bit in my forehead but filler is immediate so like you see it right away botox takes two full weeks to kick in and that's true of disport and all the other brands do we still like botox Or are we moving away from Botox? I stopped using it. I was going to say. So Botox, I think it's just always going to be there. It's like the Kleenex of... Mm -hmm. tissue, right? It's been around the longest. It's what patients know. Even if they don't normally get Botox, they'll tell people, oh, I get Botox. Right. Even if they get Dysport or Juvo or ZMn. Well, because if I was like, oh, let's talk about
0: Dysport, people would be like, what? What are you talking about? So it's just, yeah, Botox is like the Kleenex. That's a good way to put that.
1: Yeah. So I think that if you are a med spa clinic, you are you're hindering yourself if you're not carrying Botox because there's still a huge percentage of the market that loves Botox. Now, I will say this I think Dysport and some of the other neurotoxins are definitely starting to gain more of the market share. Their branding has gotten better. Patients are recognizing them by name. Plus, we just had this really market disrupting introduction of Daxify that came to market this <laughs> Is year. Nine month Botox. Yes. Well, so they, they say it lasts six months, which is twice the amount that your Botox should last you. The studies are a little indexified lovers and people that are injecting it are going to be like, no, 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 it does last six months, but it really doesn't. If, they're, if you're going to a good provider, they're going to tell you it's going to last you between four and five months. So um, it's like the sport for me. <laughs> well, and that's kind of still so new in the aesthetic space that We don't carry it at Sunday Skin right now, and we're kind of waiting to see how it shakes out because, yeah, for a lot of my patients, Dysport does last them four and a half, five months. Mm -hmm. Daxify definitely is, because of the longevity of it, the pricing is different than your typical, Mm -hmm. you know, Botox or Dysport unit. So you're not necessarily saving money even. It just kind of depends. Some people really are liking the result. I just don't think it's been out long enough for me to make, like,
0: what if you drop someone's brow and you're stuck with that for nine months? Like, no, thank you. Filler, if they fuck up, you can dissolve it. Yeah, like Botox, if they mess up, like your face is going to just be like that <laughs> for, a for, a, for a while.
1: For a while. So we'll see. I, I have a really good friend who injects in California. Hey, Haley, if you're listening to this. And she loves Daxify and she's injecting it. But I'm a very like wait and watch kind of person before I, like I said, I'm very cognizant about the treatments we bring on. That's why we didn't bring on Quo. Did you mm, hear oh, about yeah, Quo? Yes. So <laughs> Quo is a cellulite treatment that got pulled from the market. And we, ha- when it first came out, it was supposed to be like the end all be all for cellulite. Uh-huh. It was only out for like nine months too. Like I feel like that happened fast. It was. I think it was out for... I don't know for sure, but I think it was at least over a year, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But it got s- quietly pulled from the market because of some of the side effects that patients were having. So Imagine injecting this stuff in your ass because you have cellulite <laughs> and now
0: you get left with this giant dark mark. That's what Quo was doing. It to was people. staining people. So yeah. part of the Quo price tag was like it included IPL to get rid of the stain
1: and even then it was not always successful that they would get rid of some of the staining that was left so imagine I know so that's why I'm also our menu is very selective we don't we don't do everything and that's that's a vibe for some med spas like that's how their branding is and then there's some med spas that only do like two or three things we're very much in the middle like where we offer a healthy amount but every treatment is really backed by science, and I know my patients are going to get a result. And you're well rounded; like you do offer it all. Yeah, like if like somebody like wanted to work on something,
0: you have mm-hmm. something that would help
1: them. Exactly. Yeah, but then it's not overwhelming either, because I think that I think that's honestly one of the most common things I see with patients. They come in and they're like, "There's so many options, mm-hmm. and so many things." I'm hearing I have no idea where to start. Yeah. Yeah. It is overwhelming. Like even when people message me and they're like, what do I do? Yeah. Which I love helping
0: people. It's so
1: so interesting. I love this industry, but it it's a lot. No, it is. But think about like skincare, which is like your bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how many products are on the market. Too many. Exactly. <laughs> My and... skin care quality. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I need that. Michael's going to be like, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael. I'm obsessed with Lauren's husband. Oh, the... <laughs> he is like your true Southern man. Oh. He's just the funniest, best guy you'll ever meet. Literally. And then now you have this little baby and it's like his clone. I,
1: literally, they're <laughs> identical. I'm like, I just delivered you in baby form he's
0: so cute he, Nolan
1: looks so much like him I like my husband my son's name is Nolan my husband's name is Michael that literally people will stop us on the street and they will be like wow I've not seen a baby look that much like their father in a long time and I'm like yeah that's him You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah exactly but like the- maybe look at some of my personality I don't know oh yeah
0: yeah hopefully. i mean it'll be it'll, he's so cute at the snowsuit they just went to oh. colorado right yes oh my god
1: i posted that on my instagram because i said i was like you can't have a bad day if you see a baby in a snowsuit <laughs> you really so can't cute. he's just a big black puff ball i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh it's so cute oh i love him okay
0: back back to, to yes back to that spot. thanks so, okay, we talked about most rewarding. I agree, actually. Botox, I could I could do away with just because I know so much about skincare, I feel like. But filler, like lip filler and under eye filler are probably the two best things for me, for my appearance. Like, I look so different. If you guys see an old picture of me, and I don't have big lips or anything, uh-uh. but I just, you just look
1: refreshed and, like, a little bit prettier. My favorite treatment to get, though, or to... With to help with patients is actually microneedling.
0: Really? Yeah. Dis- that's like my least favorite really? in terms of results. Did you have acne scarring though? Yes. So like you, you saw, saw a mm-hmm. difference
1: with it. And that's, I was going to say, my, I like microneedling because it really is a treatment that every patient can do and can benefit from. And for patients who are maybe really nervous about doing injectables, it's a really great option for them because it like helps support their skin health. But yes, we see great results if you have acne scarring or you have a lot of texture. You have like beautiful skin. So that's <laughs> probably why you're like, eh. you probably got some collagen induction from it that you just don't realize. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a fun treatment to do and I like to get it too. So yeah. I, I actually okay, you're gonna get mad at me. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not so I'm going down the crunchy. I say like I'm scrunchy. I'm sorta crunchy. <laughs> So I'm like switching to cleaner products, clean beauty, clean skincare, which basically eliminates everything at the med spa and all medical grade. And it's so far my skin, like I'm not, I don't look like a grandma, like nothing's really changed in my appearance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like instantly overnight, my, all my wrinkles appeared. So I will say I'm great for that. So I was actually considering doing a round of microneedling or like one with PRF. Yeah. And then just like really rejuvenating that way. Because it's there are alternatives or like Morpheus if you don't want to get Botox, like Morpheus is microneedling on steroids.
1: Basically with a skin painful. tightening. But yes. So, OK, I want to address two things that you said is that Morpheus is it can be painful. I think that there's ways to make it a little bit more comfortable. And we're working on some new stuff because I just went to a conference about it to make it as comfortable as you possibly can it's definitely not a pain-free treatment (laughs) but the results are phenomenal oh my god my friend she's 55 she did her neck oh it looks amazing yeah and she's never done anything so this she like really was impressed i'm do i'm treating patients anywhere from their 20s all the way up to 70s and my younger patients were doing submental or under the chin tightening we're doing jawline definition we're doing preventative and then for, yeah, my 50, 60, 70 patients were doing significant. It's basically like non surgical skin tightening. Or if you don't want to go ahead and get a facelift, you're, I mean, you're not going to look like you've had a facelift, but you're going to get the best result that you possibly can non surgically. Mm-hmm. And then I want to touch on because you said like you're moving towards this like more clean aesthetics is actually moving in that direction of being more focus on like rejuvenative like more natural treatments. so we're doing more and more prf platelet-rich fibrin we're doing more and more sculptra which is a- prf is like
0: remember when kim kardashian did the vampire facial that was yeah. prp yes and so they basically take your blood and then they centrifuge it and then they put like the, all the good stuff back on your face and microneedle it in or even inject it so that's what she's talking about. And I also have YouTube videos about when I had these procedures done. So you can learn about Morpheus and PRF. I'll link those in the show notes. But they're, I mean, you're right. And that's what gives me hope for people that don't want to do filler or Botox. Yeah. Is there we are there are alternatives now.
1: There is. And I think that if you are paying attention to the aesthetic space and you're in an, an injector or a provider who's really invested in like always staying ahead of the trends and ahead of the science, then you're seeing that we're actually doing less and less filler. We're doing more and more rejuvenative, tightening, Morpheus, Sculptra. Neurotoxin's here to stay. It's always going to be here to stay, but we're- Nothing will replace that. No, it won't. (laughs) But after you do all of those, then we decide, do we need to add volume through a hyaluronic acid-based filler? And nine times out of 10, we're doing- much much less filler than we were even like five years ago so that makes
0: interesting that makes
1: me really excited because it's getting away from the sort of filler Mm face and we're keeping it supernatural we're understanding the aging process even more and we are stimulating your body's own ability to heal itself to you know induce collagen so that you look like the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. and we're not changing your appearance at all which is really cool
0: I want to have you back on and talk about Sculptra because I know I don't get it. I don't really know anything about it. Okay. The next time. Okay. Okay. I get this question a lot. What should people do about stretch marks?
1: Okay. Stretch marks are tough and I think you need to have realistic expectations. Okay. If your stretch marks are pink, so they're fresh. So like mine were pink for like the first six months after I had a baby. You're going to want to go in and you're going to want to do repeated microneedling treatments or you're going to want to do a few Morpheus treatments. So anything that will stimulate collagen in that area. And then truly there's no cream on the market, no matter (laughs) how well they're marketing it, that is going to get rid of your stretch marks. Truly stretch marks end up being genetic. Mm -hmm. Like you get them if you get them and you don't if you don't. There's no way to really prevent them technically. I didn't have stretch marks my entire pregnancy until week like 34 and I woke up and they were just everywhere and I thought I had avoided it (laughs) I was like (laughs) yay I'd not be using like shea butter I used, I think it's like the bio oil. Mm-hmm. You can get it at like Target oh, yeah, and stuff. I and I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm keeping it hydrated. Even though I know like there's no way to avoid it. But I was like, maybe I'm in the clear. Yeah. No, woke up <laughs> at like 34 weeks. I was like, they're just on my legs um, everywhere. So I did Morpheus. On your legs? Yes. pregnant. I, I have them on my inner thighs and my butt. Same. I got them on my inner thighs. I got them on my lower stomach and my hips. So I went ahead and did two Morpheus treatments, which really helped. If your stretch marks are white or they're older, you're going to get even less improvement, but you still can get improvement. So I just treated a patient. She's in her, I think, like late 30s, early 40s. She had pretty significant stretch marks on her buttocks, her hips, and we just went really ham with Morpheus. Did they go away completely in one treatment? No, but she got a pretty good result. I should, I can send those to you or post them on my stories. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. but. Is are you gonna get rid of them completely? Probably not. No. Yeah. And you're gonna have to do multiple treatments to make them better. So anything topical like retinol? Retinol can help. You have to I would do a prescription tretinoin and I would do multiple times a week to use it just to help turn that those skin cells over faster. Oh wait.
0: Speaking of tretinoin, I just learned that it has ingredients that cause acne in it. Have you ever heard about this?
1: What ingredients it like are you referring to? I don't remember
0: I don't know like the specifics. I can send it to you, but okay. I just this girl like reposted a post I did about tretinoin on her stories and she was like Tretinoin has acne ingredients
1: and I wanted to fight with her, but then I, <laughs> I went and Googled it and there are. So and I was like, oh. I'd have to see what she was referring to because technically Tretinoin is the gold standard for acne treatment. Yeah. Because what it is, is it's retinoic acid or it's a vitamin A derivative and it tells your skin cells to turn over faster to create newer, healthier skin. So I think there would be a lot of dermatologists who have been prescribing tretinoin for acne for a really long time that would probably fight with her over it. But it's honestly the one of the first and best things that we have to treat acne. So yeah. I'd be curious to see more. Okay, I mean, listen, that's <laughs> you.
0: Okay, next, under-eye darkness. So not puffiness, but like, and not even hollows. Like for me, my left under-eye is always darker than my right. Okay. If you can see that. And it's like, I don't, it's not thin skin. Mm -hmm. So, okay, but I guess we could talk about all the different types of under-eye darkness because there there are
1: different things that could be causing it. Under-eyes are hard. It's a big patient complaint. But if you're talking true discoloration... It's usually from one or two things. It's usually from hollowness and that can be improved in a variety of ways or it is typically like genetic sometimes it can be pigmentation but realistically on the under eyes it's not usually the case so if it's genetic there's really limited treatments that we can do but prf is my absolute favorite treatment for the under eyes especially if we're talking about discoloration and we usually do a series of two or three and it really helps like rejuvenate the skin underneath it helps with lines and wrinkles it's going to help with discoloration if you're concern of your under eyes is only discoloration and you're not hollow then you are not a good candidate for tear trough filler i know a lot of people that want tear trough filler and i know it's it was really popular last year i'm not seeing as much of it this year oh but not not everyone is a great candidate for it and then they end up i end up having to dissolve it dissolve it so i feel like
0: mine has migrated a little bit Mm -hmm. and so now i feel like i have a puffy spot and then a hollow around it, and that's the other thing. If you have puffy under
1: eyes, you are not a good candidate at all. If you have then, like, allergies are filling
0: in where it's hollow around the puff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that doesn't. I don't see that working very well.
1: Yeah. If you have any sort of puffiness, if you have like festoons or any sort of edema under the eyes, if you have a history of you allergies, say this like we know what you're talking. I know. about. It's hard to describe, but have you seen? I'm sorry. Have you ever seen anyone where it's like they have their under eyes and then they have like a bulge, Mm -hmm. you know, where you almost can can grab it? Or if you have really like lax skin, so it's like really thin and frail and you can kind of pick it up. Those are not great candidates for under eye filler. It may look good like the day you do it, but trust me, once it settles or six months later, you are going to end up having like worse outcomes and then you're going to need it dissolved
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so what do you do for thin skin under the eyes and like the wrinkles and like is it just surgery at that point
1: depends on the patient we can do a lot of correction with either microneedling or morpheus to help tighten that skin but yes it depends on the yeah it depends on the patient and the age group but a lot of times it it you might just need like a lower bleph basically which is where they kind of take that skin and they cut it and then kind of tighten everything up
0: Which I've seen women in like their 20s and 30s getting the surgery now. It kind of bothers me. I feel like people have, because we have our phones with our cameras facing us all the time, people are obsessive. And you probably really see that where people are seeing things that no one else would ever see that they're like, I have to fix this. And you're like, nothing is going to fix that. You're fine.
1: If you're hyper fixated, that's what we call that, hyper fixated on something super small that really nobody else sees that's a red flag as a provider because no matter how much I try to fix that thing you will never think that it's that the result is better it's really interesting in aesthetics there's something called BDD or body dysmorphia disorder and in the general population of people it's only about like one to two percent but in aesthetics it's like 15 percent of our patient population and so we really have to be trained and aware to screen for stuff like that because those patients will never be satisfied or if I fix one thing they'll find something else to mm-hmm. hyper fixate on because they're just never satisfied with their appearance everybody's always going to have something that mm-hmm. is you know none of us are perfect but if you overall like have a healthy what's the word you like like yourself you know and you feel yeah. good about your appearance then anything we do will just like help kind of fine tune that or improve and enhance that feeling too that's like, for me,
0: when people say I have good skin, yeah. and I'm instantly like, no, I don't. Because it's like so ingrained in my head that I just have acne. And like, I see the redness and I see the things that you don't see when I have makeup on. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of can see where that comes from. I bet social media has made body dysmorphia so much so worse. Bad.
1: In such a younger population, too, like mm-hmm. in younger patients who so I'm like, you're perfect. You're stunning. You're beautiful. Right. There's nothing wrong with you.
0: <laughs> right yeah and then as we age and like things actually do start Mm -hmm. moving around and we do start getting wrinkles like i'm starting to get like the crow's feet when i smile and i'm like that's wild like it just comes one day and that's that
1: and everyone has different genetics so like take a look at your mom or your dad if you you know if you're able to and you can kind of see what your future looks like like my dad needs an, uh, an upper and lower bleph so bad like his is like almost impairing his vision like he would get it covered by insurance and i'm like i can see it in my eyes i'm like that is my future give me 20 more years and i my grandma had to have yeah. an upper bluff like i'll get one yeah that'll I just steve will
0: probably need one mm-hmm. when steve gets botox like when he used to get it at the place i would go in san diego they would freeze his forehead and he hated <laughs> it because he couldn't open his eyes
1: yes If you have lower set lids, this is a good one. If you have lower set eyelids or lower brows where like the, you know, the rim or the kind of overarching part of your brow kind of is lower on your eye, you actually might not be a good candidate for forehead Botox Mm -hmm. because your injector should kind of assess you. But you may use your forehead muscle so much to keep your eyes open. You don't even realize it. And if we paralyze that muscle. (laughs) you're like, I can't see. I have, to, <laughs> I have to physically open my eyelids. So that's something to consider too. But yeah, that's a good reason to go to a nurse. Yes. Overhead. Who's <laughs> like easy. trained to look for yeah.
0: those things. Yes. Okay. okay. Are, there, are there any scams that you're seeing other med spas pulling right now? Like anything where you're like, oh, please stop.
1: Oh, this is a really good
0: question. The tipping thing kills me.
1: Yeah. I think you do such a great job of educating your people about that. We're lucky in that we definitely let people know like our entire team right now is nurse practitioners and actually even bringing out my esthetician, we are not accepting tips Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to be confusing for the patients at checkout. Do I tip Lauren? But do I tip the esthetician? Who do I tip? Who do I not? And so what I did was When I was interviewing estheticians, I was very upfront about that. We're not going to accept tips. I understand that where you came from, that was a large part part of your compensation package. And I'm going to make sure that you're compensated appropriately so that you will not miss that piece. And then it makes it really straightforward for my patients. So the tipping thing is weird. I will say this. I think that on my end of things there is literally a med spa opening up every five seconds mm-hmm. in Nashville and probably really across the country. I forgot what the stats are, but the growth in med spas in the last two years is like insane. And then they all copy your branding. It's oh, so good. Don't even get me started <laughs> on this. I've had several instances where this has been an issue, but I will say this. If you see new places opening. Just like be weary. Not that new places aren't good. And I have several really good friends in the area who have just opened their own practices and they're phenomenal providers. But kind of going back to that conversation, make sure they didn't just take a weekend course and now they're like offering Botox because they can buy it because they have like a, you know, nursing license essentially.
0: Which so many spas do that. They they do like a one day training and now you're on the floor doing Botox. Yes. I have so many more questions to ask Lauren, but she has to run because she's a busy Business owner and mom. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it with one last question because I'm always curious and they okay. have to bring it back to me. <laughs> What's your
1: favorite thing that you've bought that I've recommended you? There's so many. Okay, well, I have nails at home, which don't look at my nails now. They need to be done. Which brand? I think the static ones oh, that yeah. you like so much. Yeah. And then I have, I'm about to buy that primer that oh, you yeah. just recommended. Hallie Ray. It's a clean mm-hmm. primer. I also am a big fan of Lawrence fashion, so I think I've been on her Amazon a time or two, and <laughs> I've gotten some cute stuff. And then there was like one more thing, I think. There is the mascara. Oh, love the mascara. Is it the Ilya? Ilya. Ilya. I have it on right now, actually. It's pretty. It's beautiful. But then also the what was the orange one <laughs> this is this is how not makeup Wimmel into makeup get the six dollar mascara I will it's change it. so right So i bought both of them and i trade them off i born is my go-to for all makeup mm-hmm. things because it's not my it's just not my area of expertise so i trust her with every all and the recommendations similar skin types like we're more oily Yes. I'm very acne prone, oily. So anything I can do to mattify. And I also am so busy in the morning. It needs to be like a really quick routine. Like I can do my skincare and my makeup in under 10 minutes, really. Which which is normally I have a baby like clawing at me. (laughs) Okay. We
0: need to talk about Zio next time you're on because when I was on Zio, it would take me 30 minutes just to do my skincare. I was doing 10 products at once, I have a whole YouTube if you guys want to watch it, but I have yeah. so much to say on that. You have um, opinions on ZO, and I, I really do. want to hear about it. I
1: also that. just have opinions on like 13 step routines. Um, yeah, but it's now like, I use two products, see, but for the past saying. month. I That's do, fine. I have four total, and that includes washing and sunscreen, and yeah. it's wow. phenomenal. Yeah,
0: oh, I stopped wearing sunscreen zinc
1: based. Yeah, I stopped. Lauren. I know. Lauren. Don't tell me that. She's cringing. <laughs> oh, I have my... Please reading. wear your sunscreen. Don't listen to Lauren. <laughs> Baby, listen to Lauren. <laughs> I wear
0: hats. Like, I, I'm, I'm not even outside. I just have thoughts on it, but... I
1: understand. I, I get where you're coming from. Lauren is dying inside. I'm like, that's one of the best, like, anti-aging tools we have. Please wear your sunscreen.
0: It really is. <laughs> it's true. I've, I've definitely
1: seen the benefits of using, using sunscreen. sunscreen. I Steve get it, though. Skin cancer.
0: <laughs> lauren oh my gosh okay remember I'm, I'm all about sun protection, protection right yeah. but it's also winter ask me again in the summer how oh i feel about it all right this right, is well, so fun thank, thank you, you
1: for having me yes
0: thank you for being here i'm gonna link where you can find lauren like instagram you just started a youtube which yes i, love. Uh, I commented did you see yes i did thank you be better and then like instagram website all the things if you're in nashville she's sunday skin she's just the best you'll love her thank you so much for listening to life with lauren if you enjoyed this podcast or it brought you any kind of value i would absolutely love if you could leave me a positive rating and review it means so much to me and it helps get the word out about the show you can also find me on instagram at lauren.arrow and i will talk to you next week